from our respective apartments. It's just meaningful plastic. Here are the hosts and judges of this podcast, Katie Player Narber and Chris Dockham Goodman. Katie, welcome to a very special episode of our Dancing with the Stars retrospective podcast. Chris, what is it about this episode that makes it so special? Well, we have a very special interview with our partner, Edita Slavinska. Let's go to it live in the back. Uh, Samantha Harris and Lisa Canning are there waiting to interview her. So <laughs> join us, won't you? We are here with perhaps the most exciting person to ever grace the podcast. It is one of the most iconic pros of the first seasons of Dancing with the Stars. We are so excited. Welcome, Edita Slavinska. Way <laughs> too generous and uh, good to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Um, we are super excited. So I guess just to kind of like kick us off to get the ball rolling, how did you hear about the show Dancing with the Stars? Like, how did it even come on your radar at all? All right, so let me test your knowledge. You're, you're such a um, great fan of the show. So uh, do you know that the show did not originate in the United States? Mm -hmm. Yes. Strictly come dancing. Great. So basically, um, before Dancing with the Stars, most of the professional dancers would uh, compete in ballroom dancing. Basically, mm -hmm. every single person, at least of the original pros, we were competitive ballroom dancers, meaning we would go around the world and dance uh, on dance competitions. Many of these uh, competitions are in Britain. Britain uh, is kind of considered a, a capital of ballroom world. So, uh, so we would go there and, and to many other countries, but ballroom dancing, at least before Dancing with the Stars, was bigger in Europe, definitely. Uh, so we would go to these competitions and we would obviously meet people there and we knew all the couples that were competing against us. So when Dancing with the Stars started in Great Britain and it's called there, I think, Strictly, Strictly mm -hmm. Come Dancing, yeah. uh, we, knew, we knew some of the cast members. We knew some of the dancers that were participating in a um, okay. British one. And they said, it's, it's new, it's really fun. It brings ballroom dancing to the wider audience. Um, so when we heard, um, how did we hear about it here exactly? Well, I could imagine only that the producers, when they started casting the show, they had to spread the word among dancers community. And I think it was Louis Van Amsa that told particularly me and Alec that, hey, there's a show, do you guys want to audition? And we're like, you know what? We are at the point of our career when we were not super excited about competing anymore so we're like yeah let's let's audition for it and we literally send our resumes with pictures and I think like a video from competition to the office in Los Angeles and got called in for an audition that was it wow. I did not know that London was like the hub of of ballroom dancing that is fascinating well, I think ballroom, I think Dancing with the Stars changed a lot and US became New York and even and even Los Angeles became a lot more 
uh, prominent spots for ballroom. But yes, it used to be England and not, not uh, London particularly, but there's this big, the biggest ballroom competition in the whole world is in a little town in England called Blackpool. And if you say Blackpool to any ballroom dancer, they're gonna be like, oh yes, of course, Blackpool, everyone goes to Blackpool. <laughs> and it's just a little town, you know, not very exciting, but they have this beautiful hall and they hold um, this a week long competition every year. Mm -hmm for decades already i want to I, I i don't want to lie to you for how many years but for 50, <laughs> 30 at least wow so you mentioned um obviously you had been partnered with alec um how did it feel transitioning to competing against him once you were both cast on the show well this is funny because we never really felt like we're competing against each other it's mm -hmm. it, maybe because we you know when you're competing with a celebrity it's really the celebrity that is competing and we kind of helping them along and yes we are a couple and in the end of the day that the day you get the trophy and and not someone else right you get the trophy with your celebrity or you lose with your celebrity but we never we never felt like we are competing we actually felt that it was very refreshing because working together when you are in a relationship it's hard uh, I'm not going to lie about it. And mm -hmm. here we kind of worked together. We were on the same show, but we didn't spend hours in the same room. I would train my celebrity and he would train his. And it was actually a very, uh, very healthy break for us. I, I think uh, I think we kind of got lucky because we were getting sick of this whole competing thing and <laughs> very, um, very grueling schedule and traveling all the time and worrying about the results that we are getting we we're kind of getting over it mm -hmm. so the stars came for us in a very good time <laughs> needed a little break from him <laughs> no i think i needed a little break from the competitive ballroom dancing mm -hmm. i think the show dancing with the stars is so much more fun and it's so much wider and mm -hmm. you know ballroom dancing it's a very kind of niche discipline like you guys probably didn't know about it before Dancing with the Stars. No, right? no, not at all. Yeah, so it's kind of a very small, narrow world. And suddenly we came out to, you know, millions of people watching us on TV and we were able to communicate what we do to such, such more wider audience. And I, I, think, I think that was what made us really happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, approximately how long had you been partnered with Alec before Dancing with the Stars? Oh, we've, we've danced for five years together. We've known each other for five years and um, competed, yeah, pretty much for that long since mm -hmm. we've met. We've met, we've met because we, uh, we met in that magical Blackpool <laughs> place <laughs> where all the dancers come uh, to compete and very often also to look for partners. Uh, we met there and we, I moved to United States to dance with Alec. Wow. Yeah. I love the Thank you, Alec. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have Alec's coveted mirror ball displayed in your home? We do. Yes, we do. We do. We do have it. And <laughs> but we, we don't take it too serious. It's kind of, you know, those mirror ball trophies became a little bit more solid as the season went on. The first one was pretty shabby, I must say. The dance <laughs> time is falling off. So when our friends are coming to, to our house, they're like, 
oh my god is that a dancing with the sash trophy and we're like yeah and they're like what happened there <laughs> yeah I, I think um, what has changed yeah. al- um, along the during the seasons comparing the first seasons to, to the later ones one thing definitely that has changed is the production value mm-hmm. we for the first probably i would say at least eight maybe seasons up to 10 we used very low props uh, there was no changing of um, sonography, n- n- no exciting um, drops, like, uh, oh my goodness, I'm blanking right now. But everything, basically, the production went, the production value went up the roof in the later seasons. I mean, every single performance lately, it's like a little movie scene. It's like a little mm-hmm. movie set. With us, we just had the ballroom, you know, and the staircase, and that's pretty much it. And we were actually not allowed. Uh, very often, we would ask for props, and we would not allow because I guess the the idea first is, was to make it about dancing, not about the tricks and 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 everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that saying, I think the mirrored board trophy is a way better quality right now. So. <laughs> Is that better quality of Mirabal? Would that be enough to convince you to go back on the show now? <laughs> you know, that's so funny. So many people are asking me if I'll go back. You know what? I went back in season 22 and I, mm-hmm. and, I and I enjoyed it. Although I didn't get to dance too much. Geraldo was, uh, you know, 70 plus years old mm-hmm. and we didn't have long run. I knew that from the beginning. Um, but my life has changed so much right now with kids. And where I am, I don't know if logistically it would be possible. I don't know if my head could leave my kids for, you know, this is a very long commitment. Even if you get kicked out right away, you are with the show. And those first few weeks or months of training are still very grueling. Um, So I I don't know if I'll be ready for that. Not mentioning that, you know, I mean, come on. I, I don't mind giving a spot to younger kids. They're going to be babies now. They're going to be ready to go back. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I do kind of wonder, how do you approach those early weeks of the season? Like when you are assigned your partner, like do they, do they tell you? Is it genuinely? Because in the later seasons, at least, they definitely have a reveal where like the door opens and both people react and are, are you prepped on who it's going to be? And, and just kind of walk us through those first couple weeks. Right. Um, you, so obviously it might have changed in a very maybe last few seasons, but um, even when I went back to season 22, it was pretty much the same. So what happens behind the scene is that you find out that you are on the show in the first place and you don't know who your partner is. You only find out who your partner is a day before you meet that person. So you get a phone call from a producer and they tell you, hey, you're going to be dancing with, I don't know, uh, Joey Lawrence. And I'm like, oh my God, who's Joey Lawrence? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was me. I didn't grow up in in the United States, Mm -hmm. so I didn't know a lot of these celebrities. uh, athletes I didn't know at all so uh, I guess the producers wanted to in the ideal world I think you would walk into the room without knowing who is the person that you're going to meet but 
I think they wanted to avoid the situation when you're like, who are you? Like, what do you do? Like, you know, that, that would be, because basically that's, that's what we would do for first hour. would be like, okay, so you are a football player. Great. And for what team and blah, blah. That would be kind of boring. <laughs> so, they, so they prep you. They tell you who that person is and tell you a little bit about that person. And then you meet them in the studio the next day. And yeah, that's it. And from then on, it's pretty much you taking over the reins and training them. So would you already have the idea of your routine choreographed, planned out? Or would you base it around when you find out who your celebrity is, what their age is, what their ability, uh, would that change your ideas? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I could never choreograph anything before I meet the person because the um, the discrepancy in the level could be so huge that there's no point. I mean, the routine that I would choreograph for someone like that can dance, like, um, I don't know, who was your favorite male dancer on the show? Let's say um, Neil DeMarco or, mm-hmm. uh, it was great, right? For yeah, versus, oh yeah. Versus for Geraldo, I could never, cho- I could never teach the routine to Geraldo that I would choreograph for Neil. Mm-hmm. There is no way Geraldo would be able to, to learn. And, you know, even, uh, even when you find out the age and who that person is, that's not very telling either because, uh, you know, I've danced with older guys that were amazing. I danced with season three with uh, George Hamilton and he was, you know, he was on very, he was older and he had some problems, but I could definitely give him more intricate routine than to some other guys and then <clears throat> that are that could be younger for example and then I danced in season 10 with Aiden Turner who was a super fit very young guy at that point uh, he was very athletic but he had no dancing bone in his body he he just mm-hmm. it was just not his thing so I would come in expecting that you know he's going to be this you know, almost a, a pro dancer in few yeah. hours, and we spent three hours ch- learning cha-cha basics, you know, <laughs> and just like the simplest steps. So you just never know. So now I always wait until I meet the person, mm-hmm. until I have a little time with them on the dance floor. I kind of assess uh, their abilities and how quickly they learn. Um, and then I teach them the routine later. You get, you get, you get about, I don't know how it is right now. It used to be a month or three weeks before the show starts. So you have enough time to kind of feel the person out and then teach them the routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a long time to prep. It might be shorter now. It might be, but you're kind of prepping them for the rest of the season too. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of, uh, you have those three weeks to introduce that person to the ballroom world and while a lot of celebrities do have dance experience. A lot of them are performers. A lot of them, um, I don't know, there were, we, we had some ice skaters. We had some yeah. cheerleaders. Um, we had, you guys had um, singers. Singers always have, particularly pop singers, they have dance experience. So <clears throat> a lot of them do, but a lot of them don't completely. Uh, all the athletes that, that come in and I dance with three athletes, none of them had any experience. So I kind of had to give them a taste of each dance 
mm-hmm. and, and just teach them the rules of how your body moves and how your arms move. So I don't, three weeks, it's really not a long time. <laughs> it really isn't. So are you constantly kind of um, maybe revisiting like the different styles or is it like, okay, week one, we are dancing a cha-cha and I am solely going to focus on the cha-cha for that whole week? Or are you constantly kind of, okay, let's do a couple hours of this one and then a couple hours of that one? Well, so in that first period before the show starts, I normally introduce them to few styles of dancing because I know that this is the longest period I have. Um, So I'm trying to cover my bases and I try to develop their skills overall. Mm-hmm. Now, when the show starts, it depends how much time you have and how talented your celebrity is, because mm-hmm. then you only have a week between the shows. Yeah. Sometimes you need that whole week to teach that next dance and you don't have any time left for anything else. But sometimes when I dance with people like Joey Lawrence was amazing and he was a performer too. He would learn his routine, routines very quickly and then we would perfect it and then we would tweak it. But we definitely had time to like, hey, let's work on something else, you know, hoping that we're going to get through the next week and hoping that we can get a little leg up. Um, So so that really depends on on your celebrity. But I would say the first three weeks, you you have way more than enough time to look to teach that one dance, that first dance. Uh, I I would like to point out we are uh, currently watching and talking about uh, the George Hamilton season. It is so much fun watching your dances with him because like you said, he moves so well. It's so exciting. So uh, we love him and just need to point that out. (laughs) You are one of the dancers that like, I can't help but watch you during the dance. Like, cause you are just so good and you're so much fun to watch you. And Cheryl and Anna are the three that like, I can't keep my eyes off of you guys when I'm watching the dance. So then I have to like rewatch. And George is such a delight. Like he was so fun to watch dance with you. Cause he kind of kept up for <laughs> his age, you know? I mean, he was, he was a mystery for me because he, you know, so the whole show was kind of still new to me and he was the first older partner that I had. So I didn't, I I never danced with an older person before. And, you know, I didn't know how to adjust the abilities. We were competitive dancers. We were training before the show, you know, hours a day, going to gym, doing yoga. The whole dancing is very much like sport. And here I'm dancing with George who goes, you know, I had, I had nearly a knee replacement and a shoulder replacement, you know, a decade ago. And he was all, uh, and and he goes like, oh, I can't do that move because it hurts me and I can't do this. So I was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? What kind of routine I'm going to choreograph for him? But it came out that George had this magic touch that first of all, he would mess up his steps all the time. He would actually, every single time we'll do the routine, he would do different steps, but somehow he would always make it work he would put his character on better than anyone else I've ever seen before. And it all worked. So it, it doesn't even matter what steps he was making. He was just kind of charming the people with his character. He was just a very good actor and, and could play the role to the perfection. So I did, I love dancing with him. I, I really did. And I think if George competed in that uh, in Dancing with the Stars, 
when he was maybe 20 years younger, oh gosh, he would take that trophy for sure. <laughs> I kind of wanted to know what the like costuming process is like and how all of that works. Cause I know like Chris and I have watched, you know, season one and there have been times where we've said like, oh, I wish that, you know, there was drapery on their, on their arm for a waltz, but they're not doing much arm movement. And so we've kind of wondered, do you know the costume going into it? Or is that something that's happening after you've already choreographed your routine and you're like, well, we're going to make this work. Well, so first of all, season one was, uh, was a bit of a disaster in terms of makeup and costume and hair. I think the whole production team was learning the ropes. Okay. I remember, uh, I remember, for example, with makeup, uh, I, you know, all my friends that saw me on TV go like, oh my God, you look so different <laughs> on TV. And I'm like, and, and I saw it too. And I didn't necessarily like it. Okay. You know, and, 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 and I remember telling that lady, oh, I don't like it. And she goes, don't worry about it because on TV, everything looks different. And, um, and, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm a newbie. I'm going to trust you. And then I looked at myself and I really didn't like what I see. Mm-hmm. And as the seasons progressed, um, the production team gathered really amazing team of makeup and hair artists. And I think they have been doing such an amazing job. Uh, I, I must say, starting from season two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least that was my personal experience. Maybe someone else had a different experience, the same with hair. With costumes was a little bit like that too. A okay. different team took over in season two and things started running a lot smoother. So the process is this, once you get your music for your dance and you have an idea of choreography, you meet with a costume department and the costume department either can give you suggestions, they can always help you out, or you can literally tell them what kind of costume you want. Wow. So those costumes, if you rewatch the show in season one, were not particularly my first choice. Mm-hmm. I think maybe one of the dresses was, um, but the season that you're watching now with George Hamilton, we literally told them, George was very particular because George comes from the MGM era of big film studios when guys would dress, you know, to the top, like they cared about every single detail of the wardrobe. So George would tell them exactly what he wants, the colors, the fabrics, the cut. And I told them exactly the dresses I want and they were very much in character. I danced the quick step in, a, in the dress with feathers, just like, yeah. We got an idea from Ginger Rogers um, dress from one of the old movies. Uh, I had another black dress. I was dancing Rambo with him, I remember. That is a crazy story because George, I don't know if you got to that episode. So we also got an idea of the dress from one of the vintage movies, like from 40s. Uh, It was one of the evening dresses that either Sid Therese or someone, someone like that wore. And George rented this diamond for me. So what I was wearing on a show was like nearly a million dollar wealth of jewelry. I had a security guy standing in the wings because I had this real diamond necklace and a bracelet. And I remember at the rehearsal, at certain point we were dancing and the bracelet flew off my hand 
And it was such a panic because that bracelet was worth quarter million dollars. <laughs> that was an experience. So that was George. He wanted to make this whole experience so real that he rented, that he had some kind of friends in um, with a jewelry style, uh, shop and they rented the, the real jewelry. Uh, so yeah, so that's for costumes. Uh, you can basically, you can have as much input as you want to, or if you are, you know, some, some people I guess are not uh, that involved in it, the costume department can help you mm -hmm. with that too. But it's a definitely a part of a package. If you can imagine costume is such a big part of it. If you, it, it's, you're literally creating a little world. That's why I said the production value has, um, uh, has improved so much because now you get all these props. I mean, for the Disney week, people get, you know, uh, if you are a Cinderella, you really are a Cinderella and you have yeah. nearly horses and <laughs> carriage and, you know, and, and, and all the shtick. And ca like costume is so, such a big part of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did you have, did you have much say in picking out the music? what for your yeah. routines that's tricky so you can give the producers um ideas of songs that you like or, or propose songs that you like that you think would be good for you and your partner and i would have a pick sometimes particularly for freestyle once you get to a final you can you can most likely choose your freestyle and the producers can help you too they can give you some choices but for the most part on a regular season it's the producers that give you music because and you know what they they've been doing very decent job and it's it's because the whole show the episode of the show has to feel like a whole um and you can't have they are responsible for creating a good episode so they have to have a good mix of songs they have to have songs that appeal to uh certain groups of audiences you, you know if it was me, I like certain style of music and most of the dancers, we probably like similar style. All these songs would be like either fun pop songs or you know, some Latin stuff, but we need variety. And, 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 and the show has to also flow. You, you, you have to have a high energy song and a slower song and so on and so on. So uh, it's mostly the producers. Were there ever times you found it difficult to choreograph your assigned style to the music you were given? Oh my goodness, so many times. I, I so many times asked to change my music too. And sometimes if you really hate it, it was effective. If I, if I, I just say, sorry, I'm refusing to choreograph to this, I can't. I, I don't see it, I don't feel it. Um, so that happens and, and the, you know, and, and I guess the producers are accommodating to the point, to a certain degree. I danced with Cameron Madison. And as a dancer, we choreographed music that has a count, like a cha-cha or samba has count. You can count it. So I choreographed for the first time in my life to a music that didn't have a count. It was a Superman theme song and it doesn't, it just goes, you know, it's, it's an instrumental piece of music. Yeah. And, and I didn't reject it. I, I wanted to dance to that song because I thought it's such a great, it's going to be such a great number. I mean, my partner, Cameron, if you get to that season, he was a very tall, hunky guy, like right. a great superman. Um, yeah. 
I know exactly the dance you're talking about. Yeah, so. it was a double. I struggled so much with that song, but you know, but I loved it. So yes, it, it does happen. It does happen that you, it's a difficult. Is it difficult? Cause you were on the first, I believe 10 seasons, you didn't take a break. Yeah. Was, is it difficult to keep coming up with choreography and to keep pushing yourself? I'm sure it helps with the people that you're dancing with changing, but like, do you ever just get to a point where you're like, I have no more cha-chas in me? <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely it does. And you know, you you can you can get a little bit repetitive. If you really watched closely, you can see that over the seasons, mm -hmm. people repeat some parts or some oh, yeah. um, some elements of, of their routine. And you know, cha-cha is a cha-cha, it's always gonna have certain basic steps in it, like New York's and lock steps. I'm I'm not gonna get too technical with you, but basically <laughs> there are there's a set of steps that Chacha has mm -hmm. and you're gonna use them no matter what, just in a different combination. But um, yeah, so it was, it became a little bit difficult, but also I think in the later seasons, it became very common to get help. Like we, I would never get help to choreograph my routines, but when I came back in season two, there was so normal. Everyone would, you know, it, we are, we are not experts in Argentine tango. Argentine tango is not um, part of the ballroom dance, dancers' um, uh, repertoire. We have 10 dancers. I can, you know, you, you can check it out. But uh, we have tango, but not Argentine tango, which is very different. I had no idea how to really do it. I actually had to learn it myself first. So later in seasons, people would just go to dancers that, are, that specialize in Argentine tango to get help. And that's fine. Um, I think that's that's perfectly fine. I did get help one time with choreography when uh, I got to a freestyle with Jason Taylor. And you know, again, in ballroom dancing, when you compete, you you are not allowed to do lifts. Yeah. So coming into the show, we also had no idea how to do lifts. So you know, we kind of watched some videos and and had some people teach us with Alec. But eventually, I can't, you, you, you have to learn. You have to have someone show it to you. So, uh, so I did get some help with that. Um, and my partner, Jason, he was also a very tall and strong guy. So I was, yeah. I was, that was the thing. I'm like, what else can we do in freestyle? We are going to be competing against, I think we're competing against Christy Amaguchi. She was an ice skater. I oh, knew we yeah. can't win. Like, she's, a, well, <laughs> she's an Olympic champion ice skater. She dances on ice. So I'm like, what are we gonna do? Well, we're gonna do lifts. <laughs> so, so yeah, you you know, you get burned out and, and I think it's perfectly fine to get help and to get inspired. And I know that dancers collaborate between each other too. So like the cast members help each other choreograph stuff, yeah. which me and Alec were doing obviously because we're a couple and I'm pretty sure Max and Peter does it and uh, Emma and Sasha and you know, yeah i'm sure that happens oh i just love hearing about some of these dudes like i know exactly which ones you're talking about this is wild <laughs> so wild um so it's clear there's a certain camaraderie amongst the pros on the show um did you feel any sort of like camaraderie how did you build one with the new cast each season of stars and celebrities well, you, so with dancers, we obviously knew each other. 
um, getting going into the show, the first few seasons, we all knew each other from the ballroom world. With Anna, we trained on the same dance floor. We used to go to her studio, she used to come to our studio for practices. With Cheryl, we the same thing. We, we literally um, trained very often together. Uh, and I don't remember who else was in the first season. I think Max was from New York, so we didn't see each other, but we knew of each other. We used to see each other on competitions all the time. So obviously, and then celebrities, these are people coming from completely different fields and worlds. So with that, some celebrities were a little bit more of a team player, some were less, but I, I think it's, it's just a, uh, it's just the fact of being thrown into this different world all together and doing the same thing. That's that's what 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 was building our camaraderie. You know, we were kind of all of um, all of us in it together. We were going through the same pains and through the same excitements and through the same difficulties, and we had to deal with it because you know it gets very difficult. At, you know, at certain point, you are. If you get to semi-final, final, you're exhausted. You didn't have a day off since the show started. That's like three months. You waking up very often, you know, at 7 a.m., go to that um, hair and makeup and to your dress fittings, and then you run to the rehearsal, and then you spend hours and hours on the dance floor. So that kind of builds that camaraderie. Uh, and and I, I don't... I don't think there has ever been a super competitive atmosphere. Like obviously everyone wants to do the best, that's the drive, but I, I don't remember ever being like, oh, I'm gonna beat you or like, I really wanna win this and beat that couple or the other couple. It's kind of more, we kind of all understood the concept. Hey, it's entertainment. We are creating a show that people are gonna watch and enjoy watching at home and uh, it wasn't quite that much about, hey, who's gonna win? Because sometimes it's really, I mean, I know it sounds corny, but you, so many people, celebrities had such a great experience and they did not win. And so many, for so many people, the show has changed their life and, and they did not win. And, and it was still such a, such a great, um, such a great experience and they had such a great time. And I think it's it's just about that time that we have on the show and that experience. So obviously it's not about the results, but is there ever a time that you thought the results were wrong, that you should have gone farther or you should have won? Um, you know, I didn't because I understood that it's not purely about dancing. That's the thing, I think that's the beauty of the show. If you want to watch a dance competition, you know, you you got to go to a ballroom dance competition and watch that. And then if the best couple doesn't win, then you have a right to be a little bit put off. But it's a it's a television show. It's meant for entertainment. So very often the best dancer didn't win. Uh, let's say, OK, since you're on the first season, I thought that um, the season with Cheryl uh, winning with Emmett, I don't know if Emmett was the best dancer. Probably Mario was a better dancer, but Emmett captured the hearts of the audience. And I totally thought that he should have won either, even though he wasn't maybe technically as good as Mario. <laughs> and it happened so many times. I think uh, maybe 
one of the recent se recent seasons. I didn't watch that season very closely, but Sharna won with um, Bobby it? Bones. Bobby Bones. Bobby Bones. I I maybe watched him once or twice. He didn't strike me as an amazing dancer. I'm pretty sure there were others that were better. But I guess his journey was so captivating that audience fell in love with him and voted for him. That's why I, I don't feel like um, it, it makes any sense to get angry at your results at the TV show competition, you know? <laughs> That's, that was a very generous reading of Bobby's dance skills. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I know that some fans were angry, but listen, they voted, right? Mm -hmm. He got the most votes and hey, I think that's fair. I think sometimes too, like for Chris and I, it's like you've been watching for so long that you almost, you want the pro to win a little bit more than you necessarily want that celebrity to win. Like <laughs> it it blows my mind that like Sharna had never won a mirror ball and she was so good. And she was, you know, always just so dynamite out there that you were like, you know, it feels right that she has a mirror ball, but I might not necessarily love that it's with Bobby. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I'm sure that uh, that might have uh, played a part in their victory for sure. Yeah. When, yeah. Um, I must also, before we move on, I think Katie and my face both reflected. We thought that was going in a different direction with um, instead of to Emmett and Mario, we thought that might be heading to season one. So let me just ask you, should there have been a dance off between John and Kelly? Oh gosh, God no. no. Thank you. Amen. No. Well, honestly, oh I here's what I think happened. I think uh I think I think the show uh the show started uh in spring, I think, of uh, two thousand five or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was it was a very short um season. It had only six weeks, I think, less couples. Yep. yep. Like later in the seasons, it would be even up to 14 couples sometimes. So huge, much, much bigger. Mm -hmm. So this was a very, very small season. And um, and I don't think that anyone expected how widely successful it's going to be. Mm -hmm. So uh, So suddenly you have to understand the producers thought, oh my goodness, we have a gold mine on our hands mm -hmm. how do we utilize it even more before we make the regular season in the fall well let's do a dance off and i thought you know that's a good idea and it's just going to bring more viewers to to the table and i don't i don't think it damaged the show or it harmed the show in any way uh but uh, but i think it was just it was just a, a producer's way of getting more uh, eyeballs on the show and getting more people involved and mm -hmm. and that's it it was interesting to go back you know now as, as someone who's been watching the show for so long to then go back and watch it because i think chris and i had both said that like we had always kind of thought of kelly as like a quote unquote controversial winner but then going back and watching that first season, she was good. Like she was very entertaining and she grew a ton. And so it just kind of stunk that the dance off sort of clouded your remembrance of her, you know, her, her controversial. Yeah, because she wasn't controversial. And like you said, America plays a role in picking the winner. 
Yeah, that, that's the thing. I mean, because if you really think about it, if, if you want to make this competition fair, then there should never be a person with dance experience on the show. And quite frankly, how can, right? And how, how can Bobby uh, Bones compete with, I don't remember who was on that show, but I remember uh, Nicole Scherzinger won one of the seasons. She is a dancer. I mean, she literally is a dancer. She is from, uh, she got cast in Pussycat Dolls yeah. for singing and dancing. So he can never compete with her, no matter how, no matter how many weeks of prep he has, because she's been dancing her whole life. And, uh, but then, you know, so, so I think maybe, exactly, Kelly also has never danced before. Her journey, maybe her improvement was so impressive that she deserved to win. I thought she, she did a great job and I, I thought she, she kind of was uh, uh, a good, good first season winner. She was kind of the underdog. I, lo I love the underdog story too. Uh, so yeah, but then also if you don't have people with dance experience, the show would be too boring. We want good quality performances. You want yeah. performances that literally, you know, you drop your jaws watching it. And that wouldn't happen if you only had uh, amateurs. Mm -hmm. So you, you need those Nicole Scherzingers and Nicole and, and you know, and Christy Amaguchi and um, even Johnny Weir. I think he's, a, uh, he was an ice skater too, right? You need these yeah. Now I do want to kind of touch on with Kelly. I know that the judges were very harsh on some things that didn't necessarily pertain to the dance itself. I know like they would comment on her face and they would say how, how bad her face looked or however you want to phrase that. Um, how did you feel? Like, did you feel like you were fairly judged by the judges? Do you think that they had good consistency throughout all of the different couples? And like, how much are you taking what they're saying and applying it? Or how much of it is just kind of like, I know that they have to give commentary or like, how do you view the relationship with the judges? I mean, <laughs> with the whole respect to the judges and I love them all yeah I literally do not take any of what they say seriously <laughs> I mean that is amazing that is the best answer you could have given me <laughs> I mean, how can you they are also judges on a tv show they can't yeah. find everyone they have to be interesting they have to give interesting comments uh, I could agree with some of the comments. I, I could I could see what they are saying, but like, you you can't really take it seriously because in the end of the day, I mean, if you really want to judge dancing, mm -hmm. they could be a lot harsher on on a lot of uh, celebrities. But that would be just mean, and and then they could be they could praise other people too. But then, you know, if they start praising this Nicole Scherzinger from the first uh, season then where does she go from there? Because she was excellent from day one. <laughs> how, how do you, they have to criticize her. So I think, I, think, uh, I think the judges, you know, we perform, right? What we do is a performance. Yeah. I think the judges do is yeah. sort of a performance too. You know, in Definitely. A and, and then, uh, I mean, as a dancer, I don't need these judges to tell me what my celebrity does wrong. I can see it, trust me. I know my celebrity does not point their toes and steps from heel. I've been telling that to that celebrity, for the <laughs> but it's, you know, they, they are not dancers. Uh, they are not, um, 
they are not um they just can't do it sometimes physically mm-hmm. so i think the judges are there for entertainment i think they are there to actually spike controversy i think uh i think that's what makes the show that people disagree with judges or agree with judges so honestly i listen to what they say i never take it seriously <laughs> i i kind of look at the tape look at the rerun of our dance and i can see it myself mm-hmm. like i can yeah. I can tell you what went wrong, what went well, what we need to work on, and so on and so on. Would you get any feedback from them beyond what they say on the show, or would it just be you hear their 30-second critiques and that's it from them? No, that's it. They they have to be pretty... Uh, it's kind of a role. Mm-hmm. So um, it would be a, a conflict of interest if they come to you separately and they help too. So uh, they, the judges are not really allowed to communicate with the dancers or cast members. And sometimes I think later in the season, the producers would have the whole episode when the judge comes to a studio and help you. But then each judge is, a, is assigned to a couple. So every couple gets the judge input. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of to make it fair. But other than that, we, we don't get input from them. Interesting. And I mean, quite frankly, the only ballroom judge really is uh, Len and Bruno or Carrie and they were dancers, but they were not ballroom dancers. We actually, I, I'm sure they have learned a lot being judging the show for 20, how many seasons do we have? Uh, 29. Too many. Too 20, many. 29. <laughs> so I'm sure they have learned a lot, but uh, you know, I, at the beginning, I couldn't even trust the judgment. I know they could tell me about the performance value, but definitely not about the technique because they didn't know the technique. Mm-hmm. I mean, how could they? They are they never they never danced or judged a ballroom dance competition. Mm-hmm. So then, how much do you play to like America? Then, like, are you kind of choreographing these routines for? the inter like are you doing it just purely based upon I want to put a good cha-cha out there or is it like a I am trying to get America on my side to get the votes to continue in this competition I think the way I always look at it is that I want to make the most entertaining performance possible so I would always throw in a mix of some basics of the dance. Uh, just because of the back of my background, I am a dancer. And I know that a lot of, there were some dancers later in the seasons like um, Lindsay or, or Whitney or Jenna, uh, they, they have very different backgrounds. They are not like the original cast members where we came from a competitive ballroom world. I don't even know if Whitney has ever competed in ballroom. She has training in ballroom, but I don't think she has, but she has a lot of experience in many different styles of dance, which we didn't. And that makes her unique and amazing. Um, But basically because of my background, what I am good at, I always throw some basics in it. So it's it's pretty solid cha-cha for example, but I do wanna make sure that it's entertaining for the audience because I know that the average viewer doesn't care about cha-cha basic and a lockstep. They care about the whole visual. Is it fun? Is it energetic? Is it, or if it's like a slow dance, does it touch you? So 
they they don't really care whether my celebrity steps from the heel from the toe but they will look at the dance and they will feel did it capture me did it did it make me feel a certain way so i want to make sure that that component is there and actually probably for me personally that's more important than the technique because i think it's a show and not a proper ballroom competition mm -hmm. um did you have any particular style of dance that you preferred to choreograph for Dancing with the Stars um, or a favorite type of routine? Well, you know what? I always like the routines that are theatrical. So whenever I would get like a very generic music that could be anything, you know, that I could, uh, let's say in those later seasons, you build those elaborate sets for the dance. Like you can have, um, I remember Sharon, I was doing Aladdin and she would have this whole set build up for her. Um, so I, I always like choreographing to theatrical um, um, pieces of music because you can create visually like a whole world around it. Like I loved uh, with Joey Lawrence, I danced to Adam's family. And I loved it because it gives you the character it gives you the theme. It gives you the whole set of um, of emotions that you want to portray. So I, it, it creates a story. If it's just another cha-cha pop song, it's kind of, it's harder. You know, you just put steps and you have to work hard to put the story and character in it. And when you get like, you know, the Superman theme or um, what else did I, did I do that was like really, really fun? Um, I think I did like a, also a, a football and NFL football yeah. song that was really fun. So those, those are a little bit uh, more enjoyable for me. I believe you were wearing a Miami Dolphins outfit for that NFL yes. Monday night football theme. Yes, yes, I have. Yes, that was, that was something. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> This might be a little bit of a controversial question. So if you don't want to answer it, that is totally okay. But I know in the later seasons, they really, really hit home these themed weeks where like every night is like 80s night or Halloween or Disney or most memorable. Like they really drive those themes. Whereas in the earlier seasons, they didn't have those. So like, do you think that the themed night kind of helps make it a little bit more theatrical like would you prefer that or do you think it's better to not have the themed nights well I think it's always about the balance so obviously the themed nights came uh came about because you know after so many seasons how many more chachas can you watch yeah. how many more sambas like the generic sambas and chachas so I think the producers went, okay, what do we do to make the show more interesting? And those things help because obviously here you have a genre and you choreograph within that genre uh, and the costuming and the type of music. So definitely I think it helps. Uh, but I always say it's always about the balance because at a certain point, you know, I look at the show and I'm like, wow, there's very little ballroom in it. Sometimes you see a cha-cha, is it really a cha-cha? Because I saw almost no cha-cha steps in it. And it looks like, you know, one of those uh, like pop routines, you know, contemporary yes. or something. So, so I think it's, it's always about balance. And I think maybe at certain point, the producers went a little bit overboard with that. 
and maybe they should come back a little bit more to basics. But honestly, I have no place to criticize them. I mean, they lasted for 29 seasons and people love the show. And yeah. it's very hard to make a show like that. And I think they are doing an amazing job. Mm-hmm. We criticize because we love. <laughs> oh, of course. But that's, that's, listen, that's part of... Um, I think that's what makes it fun for people to watch. You watch and you criticize and you're like, oh, I hated that and I love that. That's what makes it fun. It's totally, totally fine. Everyone can be an expert. You have an eye. You are uh, you're an, an audience. You have a vote. You are, uh, you know, in your right, an expert. Mm-hmm. Well, we obviously are experts. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Chris has one final question that he has to touch on. I know. We have we have gone for so long and we have not even mentioned. Okay. Perhaps one of your most iconic contributions to Dancing with the Stars <laughs> is your <laughs> is your sense of fashion in the rehearsals where you wore a bevy of leg warmers. Yes. So <laughs> so many questions about leg warmers how many did you have where did you get them all how did you start wearing leg warmers do you still wear them the people need to know right right yeah oh my god i did love leg warmers okay so uh so you know my answer probably would disappoint you because it's not such an exciting answer as you as you could expect but so, you know, dancers, like uh, I think leg warmers actually came from ballet. You see those ballerinas in rehearsals with leg warmers yeah. and they are actually very useful. So when you rehearse, when you go into the studio on a, you know, a winter morning day and you are in heels, you want to keep your ankles warm. Like that's something that you legitimately, legitimately want to want to have. So, so my first thing was that I actually, I wanted to keep my feet warm <laughs> in rehearsals. <laughs> and then obviously it did become a fashion uh, statement. I, I did like the look. I simply liked the look. I think, I think, I don't know, there's something about my legs, uh, you know, so, something about, uh, something about it that I did like the look. I had them in literally every imaginable color. Uh, <laughs> texture they are longer ones and shorter ones and different fabrics and i still love them i mean it would be kind of weird to maybe you know go to uh pick up my kids from school wearing leg warmers <laughs> but i still love them i keep them i do the, the not all of them but the my favorite my the fav- favorite pairs i keep them and i cherish them um, and you know, probably if I go practice right now, I would wear leg warmers. <laughs> Did they you... kind of back, right? The whole 80, 80s uh, thing oh, yeah. back, right? So mm-hmm. I'll be right on point. <laughs> did you did you know that they were going to become such an iconic part of your brand? No, not at all. No. It was literally it was a utility for me, really. I, I really did love wearing them. I had no idea that they're gonna become um part of my <laughs> part of my image <laughs> um i i was of course doing research and things and if you search your name and images leg warmer pictures show up very quickly um you like katie and i may refer to you as the lady leg warmer because you are just sure. so perfect for it so thank okay. you for gracing us with those <laughs> leg warmers over the years 
Oh, you guys are great. Well, okay, well, listen, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, it was uh, so was... great having you. Yeah, you have been... with your podcast. And... You have been so kind, and we just want to thank you so much for this time. And, like, it, it has meant so much to us that you would be willing. And we, you have two very big fans in both of us. Oh. Guys, thank you. And I think it's so great that you're such a um, great fans of the show. I think that's what makes the show very special, that people love it so much. So thank you. I'm glad I was, uh, I was part of... Um, I was part of your uh, experience while you were watching the show. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and let's see how many seasons we can still enjoy. Who knows? <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Uh, All right, guys. So much, Edita. Thank, thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm going to run. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Oh, my goodness gracious. That was so exciting we just need to give like such a big thank you to Edita it was epic it was everything that I had hoped for and so much more it was I... animalistic it was exotic there were light warmers there were answers it there was... were no lifts nothing was held back except for lifts it was <laughs> It was so good. I, I cannot say thank you enough for being on this podcast, for being a part of it, and for being such a sweet individual. I I have goosebumps. I am speechless. I am filled with fringe. I have no choice but to give it a 10. Uh, in the words of my idol, if only I had an 11. <laughs> Edita can be followed on her social medias. She is on Twitter as Edita underscore Slovinska, and she is on uh, Instagram as just Edita Slovinska. Well, Chris, I, I, I don't even know how we end something like this. I have no words to describe any of that. But if you liked what you heard, and you do have words to describe what you heard, feel free to leave us a review on whatever podcatcher you're using. Give us five stars. Subscribe. Tell other people that if they want to hear Edita Slavinska talk about specific dances and her leg warmer fashions, they can listen to this podcast. So follow her too. Follow everybody. Just we're asking, we're standing in front of a podcast listener asking to be loved. Katie, I mean, obviously, I have stronger feelings about Edita today, but I guess I love you and I like you. Chris, I heard her and I saw her. And please, make sure you stay tuned after this for the premiere of our new reality show, Life with Edita and Alec. Ha ha ha!